Welcome to Parking Lot Drunk with Sean Burke and Christian Senrud. Rewatching 30 Rock and it's been yeah. great. It's uh, There's a lot of jokes where you're like, holy shit, I can't believe they said this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they get away with a lot. Yeah. And my buddy brought up, he's like, oh, you, the casual racism. And I'm like, yeah, but it was a different time. <laughs> yeah, and it's not that casual. <laughs> Like the blackface episode. <laughs> oh, I f- oh yeah, I forgot Jenna did. I I feel like I keep falling asleep through some of them. So yeah, I always do that when I walk go back through a <clears throat> a TV series where I'm like I'm gonna watch all of them and then I'm like I watch two and then pass out for six. Yeah, I did that uh, the other night and woke up to the I want grown up love. <laughs> it was just like it caught me off guard and it like it brought me to my knees laughing. <laughs> It was like, hey, we're going to get Matt Damon to guest star <laughs> and have him cry yeah, he's while watching the Barefoot Contessa. <laughs> <laughs> I like, he's a tough one because sometimes you're like, man, he's really good and I like him. And then other times you're like, what a punchable face. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I think it's mostly like outside of his movies. He seems like an all right person. Like I can tolerate him a lot more when, yeah. it, when he's acting and shit. I'm like, okay. I mean, The Martian and his his part in, like, Interstellar, you're like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, that's a weird weird place to start, but welcome back to The Parking Lot Drunk. I'm Christian Senrud with my friend and beautiful co-host, as always. I'm Sean Burke. Welcome back. I hope everybody enjoyed the Adam Martinez episodes. We sure... I sure did. Yeah. Lots of... uh, Very insightful. Yeah. It's like, don't... I'm I'm afraid to go to bars again. So yeah, I'm I'm just gonna keep on a lookout. Like, if I ever see anybody, I'm gonna be such a tattle. I'm gonna be such a rat to anybody <laughs> I see. Uh, I'm gonna find the biggest bouncer if I ever see anybody pouring anything into somebody's drink. I'm like, look at him. He's doing it. <laughs> Get him. Get him. Go. Do Get the him. collarbone thing. <laughs> <laughs> Take this guy out back and uh, make an example out of him. Yeah. Break his. Do some mafia shit. This is gonna be awesome. But yeah, big thanks to him for coming through, and uh, now we're back to our old bullshit and just uh, yeah, just enlightening masses on our half baked, uh, half half cocked research, haphazard research that uh, we're more field research than a uh, you know lab. We, yeah, uh, we like to come across with the idea of like when you hear this research, you're like, I think I could have found better research than that. <laughs> yeah, we're we're like the headline that you're like, I think we need to double check the facts on this one. Yeah. So really, we're doing you a favor by enlightening, in, in motivating you to enlighten yourself with we're the actual facts. Essentially, just the headline. Yeah. We're something that makes you go, oh, I should look into that. We're we're clickbait. We're the clickbait podcast that no one asked for. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna take off a chunk of uh, learning about whiskey. I the little uh, research I did like uh, was it was enlightening. That's for sure. It feels like a topic we've already covered. I I can't believe we haven't already. But I mean, yeah, it's a it's a it's a slippery slope because then yeah. we the stories the things <laughs> yeah our personal. Do you remember the first time you had whiskey? Uh, I do. Like I, I remember like a kind of general time period when i started drinking whiskey and i realized like all the kind of weird stereotypes of drinking whiskey like the kind of unabashed anger that you get out of nowhere and like (laughs) that can't be all be true and then you find yourself getting kicked out of a party so you throw full cans of beer at somebody's garage door so (laughs) that was my my kind of coming of age story with uh (laughs) with bourbon you're just punching other people's family portraits (laughs) Why didn't I have this? Just breaking car mirror after car mirror. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a wild one. Some people don't think that like different liquors affect you differently, but I definitely do believe that. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've noticed it. Like I mellowed out on it at like later, but like when you start it at your, I'm 22 and I can fist fuck the world type of yeah. uh, mentality. It's it's dangerous. Yeah, I've I've equated to early drinking as basically having like a homemade go kart, and then uh, every alcohol is a different kind of fuel, and you don't know how it's gonna just fuck yep. up the engine. We'll like, see, we'll see what happens. oh, we're gonna go 110 miles an hour on this one right into a fucking wall, or just plain bumper, yeah. co- you know. But wi- yeah, whiskey was definitely that one because like 
it's kind of it's I don't know if it's an American thing or a, a man thing, but like whiskey's built up into this like old west macho smoky flavor. Like oh yeah, it's like, like it's the bacon of drinks. Yeah, it's, <laughs> look how tough I am. Yeah, and like cowboys are just like taking shots of it after it. I'm like yeah, I'm like or watch Deadwood and they're just like pounding whiskey. I feel like Deadwood has a a big influence on my drinking habits because like. Whenever I can't, I don't think I can watch Deadwood and not drink whiskey. Uh, but I feel like it's that same time period where it's like, oh yeah, I, I'm a I'm a whiskey person now because uh, these characters on a fictional TV show are doing it. Yeah, these people that could withstand way more than I in a life in a week than I could in a lifetime. Yeah, uh, they seem to be doing just fine with it. But yeah, um, I had a similar uh, come. Uh, introduction to whiskey. I think whiskey was the first sure first liquor I ever had. Like when I started drinking, it was like the one. But yeah, uh, like my dad had his liquor cabinet and I think I was just like, I'm going to try this out and just like feeling because like, like vodka or whatever else, you can tell it's alcohol, but like uh, either bourbon or whiskey, it had that like fire like yeah. that charcoal kind of like dissolving through you, the, the fire in your throat. I think that's like why I avoided it is because like as soon as I smell it, I'm like, this is not for me. This is something. This smells like uh, like shoe polish uh, remover. Yeah, I think like I had built it up like before. I don't because of whatever culturally like Hemingway, like that idea of Hemingway drinking yeah. whiskey and like whatever. You're like, oh, I'm, that's that's me. I'm going to be that. And you're like. It's more. It's less Hemingway and more how David Tell describes it, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, you know, you think you're gonna be this manly guy, and next thing you know, you're shitting your pants and yelling at a house you used to own. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like that house, you whore. <laughs> yeah, you definitely. There's no like greater way to kind of put yourself in the uh, the corner than being like, I'm a man. I'm gonna drink whiskey, and then going yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm a I'm a man, and then you wake up in the back of your car, and you're missing pieces of your outfit. <laughs> your entire body hurts, and you're sweating, and it's forty oh, degrees. Yeah. The whiskey sweats are uh, are top tier. I I will say that period in my life that kind of got me started on whiskey prepared me for other uh, hangovers. Like once I got into like tequila hangovers, I'm like, oh shit, this is nothing. Oh yeah, hmm, I'm gonna get a bacon sandwich and uh, kind of watch some TV, and I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> I'm going to sweat through a mattress and be fine by the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a Stanhope joke. I'm a thief and a hack. <clears throat> go listen to Stanhope. That's just an ad. <laughs> yeah, go check out David Tell and Doug Stanhope. They, uh, yeah. They're hilarious. Yeah, but um, Some up-and-comers. What <laughs> you, might, you might get to know them. Um, but it's an... Whiskey's an oddly American drink, considering it's based like Scotch. Scotch is its predecessor. It seems, as far as I can tell, right? Yeah, uh, it seems like a lot. As with any kind of old history stuff, it's like, hey, we were doing it, and then these people were doing it. So, yeah, the main thing I came across is that uh, in Europe, when people try to take like wine north up to like Ireland and England and stuff. They couldn't do it because of the the weather and the climate and stuff. And people were getting these things called body stones. Did you see that? Uh uh-uh. From drinking like highly acidic wine, uh, and it's body like, stones, not even kidney. Yeah, <laughs> apparently they're way bigger than kidney stones. Jesus. I don't know how they exit your body, yeah. but um, <laughs> anally. <laughs> yeah, you give birth to them. But um, that's the main thing. Is like it. It just kind of came out of a necessity of climate, and so they were like, oh, let's see if we can ferment this and. That kind of kicked off the distilling craze in uh, kind of northern Europe. The main place I saw was uh, Lindor's Abbey, which is essentially the birthplace of it, um, because a king uh, wanted this thing called aqua vitae, yeah, which uh, is water uh, of life, um, which is like a distilled the process of distilling for like anything uh apparently it was like for cleaners and perfumes and stuff like oh, that oh yeah but Cause, uh <clears throat> cuz the early distillation process uh what didn't yield alcohol i think people was probably some ve- adventurous soul that's like i'm going to drink this yeah. and then like some was, navy rum looking dude yeah <laughs> 
some guy from the Masters just like pounding perfume and's like, I like how I feel. Yeah. And then let's figure out how to make this more tolerable. And after he died, somebody decided, hey, <laughs> let's uh, kind of look into this, but be safer. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, it, it's that early like fermentation process. They 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 just kind of like uh, refined it a little bit. They, they and then like. Uh, like scotch seemed to come about like i think they said 1494 was the first like uh documentation of like actual scotch by yeah, called by name i think that's the same um place because that's the same lindor's abbey uh, okay. the same thing but and it's odd how uh religion is so like in like you wouldn't assume that the birth of scotch and whiskey i mean i guess with wine maybe that they just had their their hands in it already but like like in Scotland and like the early distribution of Scotch whiskey uh, was from friars who were basically just nomadic monks. Uh, yeah. And then it kind of makes sense. Cause like, if, if you think of like Friar Tuck and Robin Hood and stuff, it's like the, the imagery was always these drunk fat friars with, with, and yeah. With it's, casks of whiskey. It's such a weird kind of correlation because it's like, hey, what do you do all day? Oh, I just pray to God and write my prayers to God, and I make alcohol. <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah, but at, early on, it was like uh, it didn't have the connotation because it, because it wasn't publicly available, and beca- they prob you know, it's it's kind of like early like how weed, it, it, it the the. I don't know how to explain this exactly right off the top of my head, but like, um, so like because it was equated with the church, it was probably put on a pedestal, like blood of Christ, and then like you've got the aquavit life, the water of life that like yeah. is shelf stable and like can keep and was used medicinally, so they said. Yeah. Yeah. The, the weird kind of intersection of taxes and kind of bureaucratic parts of the government and whiskey seems to be tied all throughout through early European and also American. But yeah, I mean, it's the same shit that's going on now. It's like when something's unavailable to the, the every man, it's not unavailable to the ruling class, religious or political or otherwise, like uh, financially, like they're still going to be able to have and do pretty much whatever they want. As long as they're not rubbing the other branch of the, the ruling class wrong. Cause you know, as long as one hand washes the other, they're all in bed with one another. But, um, yeah, the, the friar thing made a lot of sense. Cause like, I was like, why is the, the priest always drunk in Robin Hood? And like, yeah, but it, it also makes sense because, uh, friars, they were like sent out into the, the, the more rural or, you know, <clears throat> less populated areas and they, they had to move around. So they had this shelf stable liquid. Because they were touching kids and they had to be <laughs> shuffled. Yeah, they were being hidden. They were going like I mean that you don't have that haircut and not, don't diddle a kid. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> but it was also fundraising. So they had these casks of liquor. So that and they they're uh, they have to live this uh, life of poverty in service of God. So they had to sell. That was their form of fundraising. Was and to be able to survive was they had whiskey that they could sell and or a scotch and make it a or aqua vitae or whatever variation of it but um i was curious because like so much of whiskey is corn based i was like well you'd have to make it to america first to get whiskey but it it's not whiskey and bourbon isn't relegated to just uh corn it's all it's any kind of grain yeah anything malted yeah um Corn, uh, everything else kind of needs to be aged from the stuff I found. Corn doesn't need to be. So, like, you can make corn liquor and drink it immediately uh, without it tasting like uh, gasoline. Oh. Supposedly. Yeah, but sidebar, it probably really did taste like gasoline in the early, uh, early, uh, in its infancy because they weren't aging it and they didn't, they were just making it and selling it. So it was probably super, super harsh. Yeah. That's, uh, that's why I think a lot of people kind of, the connection to the wine was such an issue is because like wine was everywhere and it was like the like Gatorade of drinking. It was just in every corner and everybody drank it. But, um, but 
yeah, the the harsher stuff seems to be a little uh, harder to come by. But the weird thing I found was the Guild of Barber Surgeons uh, <laughs> held a monopoly on whiskey for the medicinal use. And it seems like they were just fucking sitting around with a bunch of uh, tools and instruments sitting in it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you want something? Here, here you go. Um, yeah, I've been sterilizing my scissors and my, my cutting shears yeah. with it, but uh, you can have a have a rip. Go ahead and take a sip. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it seems like uh, after uh, King Henry VIII uh, dissolved monasteries and essentially kicked all these monks out uh, of their homes and whatever, they just went back to their house and was like, well, I'll just do this here. And then they were selling it out of their garage. So that kind of yeah. helped with its popularity because there was more spread out too. Yeah. And people were doing it at home and like having it at home stills and they weren't making a lot. And they, bec- and here comes the taxation because as it's growing in popularity, the, the government wants their to wet their beak. So they're trying to tax it. So they send, send all these, uh, what do they excise excisemen? Something like that. They send them around to go find and char- like make these people pay. So it was like this game of cat and mouse. Like basically early, early bootlegging. Yeah. <clears throat> which, well, th- th- which is also, this is where th- uh, the term moonshining came yeah. from. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it was like a, an American phrase, but it's a Scottish. That's us, baby. We shit. Americans always assume we did it first, but. Fuck. The world didn't exist until we were here. So. I mean, it didn't. The world didn't matter until America came fucking blasting onto the scene like a newborn but uh you know i guess other people have thrown in a little bit yeah cue the top gun intro (laughs) yeah all of uh all of history didn't really culminate until good old usa showed up and showed you how to till we started fucking everybody's lives up (laughs) yeah would tell america turned into a pimp and just started like like fucking everyone over and taking asking for cuts (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to need to get my my taste. Yeah. Um, the A crazy thing I found is Bushmill started in 1608. They were the first licensed distillery uh, in Scotland, right? Yeah, or uh, Ireland. Yeah. They're an Irish whiskey. Um, but yeah, to have a operating beer that you can get at CVS Pharmacy right now, or uh, whiskey that... Uh, you can get at CVS Pharmacy that's been around since 1608, since longer than the United States is is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, a testament to their product, no doubt. Uh, I think, and also they're the oldest still operating distillery uh, today. Like, yeah, in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So give it up for the. I mean, shelf, talk about shelf life. Whiskey's uh, just holding it on. Sure. <clears throat> um. But um, the, I think the cat, I forget when the casks came into the, because early whiskeys, they were storing in like those uh, glass jugs. Like if you back to Robin Hood, when they're all around the campfire blowing on jugs or drinking yeah. from them too. Uh, but at some point they started putting them in casks and letting them age. And that's when like uh, it, the, the ta- it was getting more, you know, smoother and they started figuring out that if they filtered it through certain charcoals like i read like in in canada like they filter it through like flavored charcoal to make it like uh distinctly canadian so they it the it's fun because it's like one it's like you said earlier once like everybody gets the idea of how to do it and then everybody can kind of add their own spin and help refine it and once yeah some people get known for like well, we added this and it's more popular or it tastes better. Or it doesn't have this or the hangovers less or whatever, you know, and, and then it starts to evolve. Yeah, I was coming across this, the process of like uh, how bourbon started. Um, and they think like the whole barrel thing, because uh, they put everything in barrels to kind of transport it back then. But they were thinking like, oh, who came up with the idea to char everything on the inside? And like the kind of common belief is that it, they reused all these barrels for everything and the way they got the previous shit out of it was just burn it so like oh if you're carrying honey a jug of honey like you would just have that in there light it on fire then you'd put whiskey in it to transport that (laughs) and then you're like oh shit this tastes amazing speaking of refined light it on fire (laughs) and start over yeah don't clean it in any way that's sanitary. <laughs> Just light it on I mean, fire. There is no better purification process than rebirth from flame. Yeah. I must return to flames. 
<laughs> hey, have you ever been on acid and just had <laughs> just start yelling crazy shit like I must return to flame? <laughs> eh, sidebar. Not uh, me. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> oh goodness. Um I mean, to break up all this fact reciting that we did a lot of research on. Yeah. That's been a I solid mean, hour and a half this morning. Like, I think, speaking of getting refined, like, when you're starting off drinking, you're like, I'm going to go Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, Old Crow. You just drink, like, not bottom. I mean, Old Crow is fucking bottom shelf. Yeah. But if it comes in a plastic t- jug. That's that's a, a good, good sign. sign. Yeah. It's a good sign that if, if you, your six year old child can reach it from the <laughs> from the ground of the shopping aisle, if a, if a gallon of it is fifteen dollars, it's probably gonna do some fucking damage. Yeah. Oh man, I uh, yeah, I, my buddy Studler back home, like he's an old crow aficionado, and I it it's just one of those things where you just got to know your limitations. Cause he can just, he, he's just a shot guy. He's just taking shots and he, he's, uh, he's done the, the leg work. So he's conditioned and I am not, Yeah, and I cannot hang. And just like, you have to hit a point in time where you're like, either you pretend to go along with it. And when you're throwing the shots back, they're just going by, literally behind your back. Or you're just like, I can't do this, man. Like, I, yeah, I'm I've noticed that in the past year, uh, I've just been getting really uh, bougie with it, and I'm like, let's go see the most fancy whiskeys and tequilas that Bevmo has because, oh yeah, that's who I am now. But um, I got uh, some Four Roses, and it was like a small batch thing, and I'm like, oh, let's try this out, and I drank one, and I was like, wow, that's really good. I'm feeling that. Let's have another one. And it was like, I feel like I'm dying. So <laughs> knowing the limitation of that, the stronger, like the better quality stuff is like, oh, yeah, I can't handle that much of it. Yeah. My dad's been on a, a bur- like I'll, I get my dad. That's kind of my go to for Christmas gifts is I get my dad a pretty nice bottle of whiskey or scotch. And uh, I I feel like I've gotten him on a, a bourbon kick because like at some point he made the connection like that scotch is from scotland and bourbon's from america and he's like well fuck fuck them why, why am i giving them money like we're making it yeah. here why not support an american industry so he's been like all about bourbons and what's very weird is like like buffalo trace which is like readily available in california like rite aid's got it it's usually yeah. on sale it's a good bourbon yeah uh i mean they sp- <laughs> whatever uh <laughs> Sure, they give us a bunch of money to say this, but... Uh, well, they they sponsor Joe Rogan. Oh. So that's what I, I was going to make a, a jab at that. It's like, why not us? Why not us? Maybe because we don't have the millions of followers. Maybe of- we don't push horse medicine on on our listeners. <laughs> but, I mean, that's... You hey, neither, man, look at the results. Neither is, here or is there. Is he still not a horse? Yeah. He <laughs> seems to be working. Has he evolved into something more? I, did, I was listening to... Uh, I do listen to him. I don't, like... I, you know, I don't have to believe everything he says or agree with everything he says but like kurt metzger was on there and he just kept making jokes about so joe i f- i heard you were swallowing horse cum <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's a good way to address it <laughs> yeah just cracking jokes but like hearing him uh, expo- i just i just love the fact that like people are like i'm not getting the vaccine i don't know what's in it i'm gonna go consult joe rogan noted yeah. uh medical professor yeah. about what i should do but again i think if anybody's gonna s- fuck around and experiment with let it be the millionaire comedians and like uh, yeah. millionaire athletes if they don't want to get the thing that like the fda and has approved and the cdc and like you know I, I i i understand the reticence and like the distrust of the government and all this but like also choose your sources more carefully don't say like i don't trust the government but i trust the guy down at the 7-eleven screaming uh yeah screaming at traffic and it's 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 just cherry picking and we all do it and it it, it is i'm just at a point where i don't care i don't if you yeah. don't want to get a vaccine i don't care like it's your choice it's your body your choice do yeah. i think it's gonna slow down our ability to to really uh, overcome this virus and move past it yes i do but I also think that that's kind of the American way. Like, we constantly yeah. always, like, there's going to be a small percentage of the population that's like, let's do this and let's move forward. Let's have progress or whatever version of it we seem we want. 
or think we're going to get. And then there's the bulk of the nation that's like, no, I'm not going to do that because, and for whatever reason. So yeah. it is what it is. Healthcare, education, it's nothing new. I'm not surprised. I'm just tired of hearing it and seeing people shame each other either way. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that ties in good to a part of the story uh, with the Whiskey Rebellion that just took a group of uh, people that probably refer to themselves as patriots. Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Early patriots. <laughs> yeah. Just reading this, I'm like, wow, we haven't learned shit in the past 200 years. It's the <laughs> same fucking thing over and like over. The just, exact same it, thing. Dude, it's just a new logo on the same fucking... Yeah. It's just... it's. The oh. government's like, hey, we, we went through this huge re- revolution to start this new country, and we finally won it, and we got it, but we are crazy in debt, so we have to put taxes yeah. on things, and people we're gonna are like, do this, not my whiskey! Yeah, we're going to do the thing that we just rebelled against to you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't realize that that was, like, Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, like, I, I didn't know that. Va- I heard, like, vague rumblings about it, and then as I was reading it, they kept saying Western Pennsylvania, and it was just, like, early settled pittsburgh where yeah uh, apparently the rebellion uh, culminated which is funny also because it it culminated in pittsburgh because it was too hard to get down to kentucky <laughs> yeah i also saw that uh that's the reason uh i mean like granted this could all be just kind of missed history type of thing but that people left uh pennsylvania western pennsylvania because they uh, were being forced out by the government, so they went to Kentucky because they heard about the good uh, limestone water and all oh, that yeah. stuff. So that's what created bourbon, essentially. It was Pennsylvania immigrants that went down there, but that, who knows? the. I mean, it, it checks out. Uh, Kentucky is oddly beautiful, man. Like, I've... Yeah. <clears throat> like, during the pandemic, when I was just like, what the fuck am I doing out here, paying rent like this? And, like, I, I don't really go to... I don't surf, like... Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what if I bought a bunch of land? And then you go look at, like, Kentucky or Tennessee, and you're like, holy shit. If I had yeah. any money, I could. That's how it was with Maine. I was like, holy shit. Dude, Maine, I want, I'm going to move to Maine. The problem with that is Maine is brutal in the winter. Yeah, that's true. So, and they don't have the bourbon, like, industry. But <clears throat> I do want to do, like, there's a bourbon trail. Maybe that was the website you were uh, referencing earlier. But there's, a like, a full-on highway like trail of just like all the different distilleries like Jim Beam's down there Michter's is down there I think Maker's Mark's down there or is Maker's Mark Canadian no Maker's Mark has is bourbon yeah um but yeah and it's just like a a whole it's like wine country only for bourbon and I want to do that with my dad but also like I don't know that the uber system is down there (laughs) also it's it like Doing a, a, a kind of like wine tasting of bourbon, I would assume would be pretty short. Like, hey, we're three hours into this thing. Everyone's asleep. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I, I've never been to a distillery. So I don't know if, if they're just giving you like a whole shot or just like a little a sniff or something. But I've been to a few brewery tours and I have gotten. Oh, yeah. Way overserved. But yeah. When uh, no yeah. rules in the brewery, baby. I've done wine wine tours i've done the brewery tour and i've not practiced restraint at either yeah and it i've had tour guides be like hey we're continuing the tour (laughs) and we're like no we're gonna stay here and continue to drink because (laughs) that's why we're here i don't want to i don't want to walk anywhere but yeah I'm, i'm gonna make it down there eventually it's just like um it's not even that far really from uh yeah i mean on the like, because we used to drive through it, uh, like when pretty much every family trip that was south, like Florida and stuff, we would always go through there. And I'm like, you come through that point in West Virginia, that's all mountains and stuff, and you're like, damn, this is great down here. Um, it's just a shame that the pharmaceutical companies turned everybody into junkies down there. <laughs> well, uh, not that's not a blanket statement. I'm I'm sorry to the no. listeners down there, but <laughs> hey, I know that's a they major, know what they did. <laughs> that's a major concern down there. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I think Pittsburgh, West Virginia, I, I mean, maybe can, I, it, it's, it was big, like even in high school, like, <clears throat> uh, like the opioids and, op- op- just people straight up doing heroin in my high school. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, I, maybe I'm just watching too much of that Dope Six show, which has got every character actor that's ever been in a movie <laughs> in it. But uh, they talk about like the specific places where like West Virginia, Maine, and Florida that they focused on for mm-hmm. distribution. So you're like, oh, that's that's they who's to blame. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> The big Pharma really crushed it. It's in like areas. who came first, uh, the Florida man kind of, uh, kind of stereotype, or uh, is it just a result of uh, the pharmaceutical company? But I mean, I mean, Florida. I, it's hard to say. That is a chicken and the egg argument because, like, I mean, Florida's always been Panama City Beach, like MTV. You can imagine all the crazy, yeah. like there's spring break, spring break shit, but also like. It feel like the bath salt idea didn't really come into place till probably after the opioids and things were down yeah. there. But you know, I don't know, swamp people. It's probably been home to some craziness. Maybe we'll do an episode. We'll do a Florida man episode. Yeah, and deep dive like what makes Florida we'll cruise down to Daytona Beach <laughs> and just have a remote. Yeah, we'll put it on the company card. That would be funny if we incorporated and we just started racking up a tab <laughs> solely to go bankrupt at some point. Yeah. I mean, we'll just go Trump with it and be yeah. like, uh, yeah, uh, I hey, declare bankruptcy. Hey, most businesses fail within the first several years. So, yeah. I mean, what can you do? Like, who gives a shit about your credit score? This this is all going up in flames in yeah. fucking three years anyway. Who they don't put your credit <laughs> score on your tombstone or anything. So who cares? Yeah, as long as you were a good guy, who gives a shit what, who fucking you owed money to? As long as it wasn't people you know. Yeah. Fuck Visa. <laughs> oh, man. So, Whiskey Rebellion. Yeah, I, I, th- I also saw, uh, kind of stepping back here, um, the during like the revolution stuff, whiskey was used as currency, which mm-hmm. is pretty interesting like especially if you're not being taxed that much on it and you have like i don't know 20 barrels of it you're fucking loaded go for it whiskey was the first cryptocurrency is what i'm hearing <laughs> yeah just like unta like people didn't really understand it exactly and they the, you know. the price like the value of it just goes up and down wildly without any reason yeah <laughs> everybody buy shiba Buy Sheba. Buy a lot of Sheba. We're all going to... Doge was a dog. Sheba's going to be our fucking salvation. Let's do this. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, that's something I've realized as an adult. I'm like, I don't even know where to start with that. Like, I have friends that just post, like, graphs and shit of crypto, and they're like, oh, man, blah, blah, blah is going up seven points. And I'm like, this is nothing to me. It It's so wild because it's like... Like if you get in early enough, you can make really good money. But like, it's it's essentially walking into a like a, a casino and being like, I'm just gonna throw money at random uh, slot machines, like penny slots, and just be like, one of these might hit. One of these big bangs penny slots yeah. is gonna pay Only for the, my future. <clears throat> Only they're not even penny slots. They're point zero 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 four cents, and you're like. Well, if if it even hits a penny, I'll make like if I have a thousand of them, that means I make a thousand dollars. And I also feel like if I know about it, the heyday is over. Yeah, that's what I'm realizing. It's like if I'm I am like, rolling into San Francisco in 1900, be yeah. like, "Where's all the gold?" What what I'm coming to terms with, with is the dumber I think something is, the more I need to invest in it. Because <laughs> like I remember uh, over the summer, like I think it was at the same time that Doge was like. They're having its moment. <clears throat> uh, Sheba, they, I think that's when they launched Sheba. And it was like so, like, I don't even know how cheap it was, but it was like point zero 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 one cent. Yeah. And like, I'm like, that's fucking stupid. Why would any, Sheba, get a fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. And like, this is a scam. But ev- like, my buddy bought, like, he put in, I don't know, a couple grand. And he let's say he put in three grand, and he that now it's worth eighteen grand, so it's like well I'm I'm the dumb one, which is and that's what when I heard Bitcoin when I first heard of Bitcoin I was like this is so fucking stupid. Yeah, I also like because I remember being in college uh, when they were talking about Bitcoin, and I'm like, 
yeah, this is not going to work. But at this, like, in retrospect, at the same time, I had friends buying, uh, like, hundreds of dollars in Iraqi dinar because we took over Iraq at the time. And it was like, oh, this is the new big investment currency. And it's, like, less than dollars. So, like, yeah. <laughs> they were just wasting money. And they have all this foreign money that really does nothing anymore. But Yeah, I mean, I think... Our listeners come to us for our financial advice, so like I mean, that's what we're here for. We're really gonna we're a safe bet, but um, I I don't even know, man. I, like where I'm at right now, I'm like I'm just trying to I'm doing the Roth, I'm putting my ten percent from every every check I get, and I'm doing I'm making sure my pie graph is all right with my you know my small <clears throat> cap stocks and large cap and whatever, but then also just siphoning over i'm like i'm gonna throw some money at these goddamn fucking <laughs> slot machines just in case yeah because i did buy bitcoin I, I forget if i've talked about it on the podcast but i was hung over at an airport i heard some guy going off for fucking an over an hour trying to convince people to buy like whoever just anyone sitting at the gate no no, no he was on he was on the phone with some like you could tell it wasn't a business pitch because it didn't have that like refined smooth he's like well, talking to his family being like hey no that's exactly what he it was like close friends he's like y- you really don't understand like he was so earnest and so convinced he's like i'm not i he was frustrated because he knew yeah he's like you don't understand like it's gone up this much and it, it was never going to be this price again ever it will never it was fifteen hundred dollars a share at that point it's sixty two thousand or sixty around sixty thousand dollars a share right now one Bitcoin. 60000 One Bitcoin is worth $60,000. My friend down the street has like 18 Bitcoin. <laughs> I, I heard about, like, you hear about all those stories that, like, somebody was paid Bitcoin in 2007 yeah, yeah. and they didn't know about it and they forgot about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I just got 20 grand worth of Bitcoin because somebody couldn't pay me for weed. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh <clears throat> Well, it's like the same thing as like getting p- paid in Facebook stock like early on. Yeah. When he's like, oh, yeah, just just pay me. Just give me this much stock. And then now he's set for life. But that like all of this has me rethinking. Should I have paid attention in math class? Because I feel like I should have. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. But I, it's also yeah. just like it's I don't know if it's more math or social uh, what sociology or like knowing human behavior. Like I. I don't know. Like, yeah. Because I, tr- I try to, tried to do it um, at the beginning of the pandemic by being a vulture. And I was like, well, what are people going to have to buy for the next year? Toilet paper. And only toilet paper. Yeah. Well, I was like, who? Because <clears throat> I had like a certain amount of money I had to spend with this company. And I was like, all right, well, Johnson & Johnson, they make soap and they make these. So I was like, I bought that. And then I bought 3M and... Like our buddy bought stock in Zip. He bought he bought a car with what he made off of buying Tupperware stock. Damn. Yeah, because they really did a, <laughs> did a number. <laughs> yeah. Like if you made plastic in the last year, you really cleaned up. Jesus. Yeah, I, I need to re- rethink some priorities here. But you know what's a great investment is whiskey because it's shelf stable and, I mean. It's only going to get better with age. That's true. If you're just aging it and continue to age it. They, they, I have seen that in Europe, they've been doing the prepackaged, like mixed drink thing for a lot longer than like, uh, like the Casadores, uh, homemade Paloma or pre-made Palomas. Just the drink of the summer. Drink of the summer. Probably drink of next summer as well. Uh, but like we're, we're late adopters of these things but it's been pretty big over in europe for a while like i remember being in germany and buying like a jack and coke in a can but like it's like now that like the the tequila ones and white claw and everything you are seeing more of the like the other mixed drinks kind of making in a way yeah i feel like the only one i ever saw was those club uh ones Mm -hmm. that looked like they were designed in 1974 and they were in like every liquor store. Oh yeah! And I don't think anyone ever drank them. Like they have to that be was, furious. That now. was a that was a Keenan drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love Keenan, but he 
was a bottom shelf. He, yeah. I, probably, speaking speaking of investments, that's the most bang for your buck. Is, oh yeah, uh, a premixed cocktail <laughs> that is a dollar seventy five. Quite quite so. Yeah. Like I wonder how long it would take for those to skunk, or if they would ever. Yeah, I, I don't know, or if they're already skunked. <laughs> Pre-mixed. I mean, if you're buying those, I don't think you're too concerned with taste to begin with. Yeah, but. that's true. Yeah, uh, is it corn that really allowed America to make bur like uh, it like because whiskey is an Amer- like it it's a it's a North American drink like we we've kind of yeah. claimed it. It's kind of a world drink that we. I mean, it seems like based on this limited research, is like everyone kind of takes it. And does their own thing, but a lot of it is based off like the Scotch Irish kind of method, and then you just use local ingredients. So, like, there's a lot of people uh, that were like talking about uh, the first settlers in America that came over here, and all they had was beer, and then they ran out of it, so they tried tried to start like other drinks, and they were making like a weird corn drink beer uh, that a guy's like, I like this better than the English drink. Uh, so they, they were just using what was here. So they used corn and that eventually led to making corn whiskey and it was an easier, quicker adapter to it. So it seems like because, uh, what was it? India makes their own whiskey, but it's fermented from molasses. And from everything I read, it's closer to like a rum taste because it's just what they have and they substitute ingredients and kind of go from that. But. And rum's where the uh, <clears throat> the early taxation was starting to come in because uh, even pre or uh, American Revolution, like America was getting in on the rum trade because we, we had because we were really big into slavery at that point. So we're like, hey, let's just <laughs> go everywhere with this. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but like that, we were doing a lot of rum exports pre pre uh, whiskey, and uh, England saw us like making bank on it so they just started taxing the shit out of it oh hi and then trickled down into no i'm not gonna pay for that and murder murder (laughs) and america um but speaking of like america's first uh distillery was evan williams which huh you probably wouldn't expect from such a speaking prestigious CVS quality uh, whiskey, but uh, 1783 is when he started his little business. Um, a lo- there was a lot of kind of, uh, let me see here. There was a thought of like who created bourbon. Um, it was Elijah Craig, Rev- uh, Baptist preacher Elijah uh, Elijah Craig was perceived as the guy who created bourbon, but they think it may have just been an issue where uh, the, like during prohibition, they said, oh no, who created bourbon was the preacher, Elijah Craig. So it's a good thing to try to give it kind of a shinier new light, uh, rebranding it as a kind of religious drink created, but. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what you were saying earlier, where every like once something's invented, it's like everybody's trying to take credit for it. Because like the the what I was reading was like the the origins of bourbon is kind of contested, because it it like and then because there's a region of uh, Kentucky called Bourbon. Yeah, Bourbon County. Bourbon County. So like they just they're like oh it came from there, but Elijah Craig was probably the one really pushing it from bourbon county yeah or the person elijah craig stole it from yeah that which too. if if this podcast <clears throat> has taught us anything is that anyone who made something stole it from somebody else oh yeah some thomas edison edison shit looking like, at that socialite from dallas who quote unquote <laughs> made margaritas yeah it was a a white person taking credit for somebody something somebody else was making probably way better too but yeah um sidebar i will say that evan williams uh for the price it's a it's a good like I'll take it over Jim Beam any day of the week. Yeah, I mean that was kind of the. There was this uh, liquor store, Traverse City, Michigan, Jacks, which is no longer there. Where I first started kind of getting into whiskey, and they had this thing called Very Old Barton, <laughs> which 
sounds regal as fuck. So I was like, yeah, let's do that. Uh, and me and my friends would drink that and get very, we just turn it into goblins. But um, there was that. And then there was Evan Williams was like the whiskey we would take to the beach because we were those type of people. But um, <laughs> Beach whiskey. Yeah. Evan Williams, the beach whiskey. At that time in my life, we were drinking two things, PBR and whiskey. Cheap, cheap whiskey. Yeah. I did. PBR is hard to drink now. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's like everyone who was saying that is not good. They were right. Yeah. I mean, but you kind of age out of it. You drink enough. It's like, and you're like, if you make, you start making a little bit more money and you're like, you know what? I don't have to lie to myself that I like this. Yeah. But it's weird because like even cheap beer out here, like a Modelo or Pacifico, I will always take because I'm like. That's a good shitty beer, like yeah. not shitty, but like lower. Uh, and beer. but, and the price difference isn't even that much because like there's a a mic at uh, the world famous Doll Hut in Anaheim, which uh, mm-hmm. is a great punk venue, uh, <clears throat> and like they sell two tall cans. They sell tall cans of Pabst and they sell tall cans of Modelo. And Modelo is eight dollars, and I think Pabst is six. And for the two dollar difference. I'll take a Modelo every day of the week because it's just yeah better. But and it's also a tall can, so you get three fourths the way through it, and you're like, "This is swill, regardless <laughs> of what brand is." But maybe the way you drink, quitter. You gotta drink that faster. Um, <laughs> whiskey. Uh, you know, it. For, it's funny going from it, it, like, all right it's uh everybody's making their own whiskey and but at some point it becomes like this medicinal thing you know like it i don't think they were pitching it as that when everybody you know whiskey rebellion days it's not like this tonic that's there for yeah so at some point it gets rebranded into a especially around prohibition it's like this new uh not new but they're like well it's only going to be available through uh pharmacies and doctor prescriptions which comes back to the marijuana like comparison yeah if you're if you're not gonna like outright ban it yeah probably shouldn't do anything with it because everyone's gonna be able to get their hands on it regardless it's so weird i mean it's it's always like this reactive thing because it's like the, the product gets out there people like it then it's like your parents find out about it. Like, have you heard of this? Yeah. And then the parents are like, well, we can't have this. And that's essentially the government or like, but the government's less concerned about your well being than their ability to make money off of it. That's well, that's my cynics. It feels like whenever something is outlawed and then it kind of comes around, like you see it with marijuana is like the government hasn't figured out how to make money off it yet. So like, that's why it's illegal. And then it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. You can make money from this? Yeah, we're down. Like, it's legal. Yeah, or they try to impose a tax after the fact, and it's like people have already been making money, and now they're like, you, you no, you don't get anything from yeah. this thing that we've Especially been if it's something that is your entire, like, your entire money stake. You're like, oh, now you have to give half of it to us because we need our we need to get our beak wet too. Yeah, it's like, we're, what, we don't actually do anything. We don't produce anything. We don't yeah. make any money ourselves. So we have to leech off of you who are hard doing the thing. And you were doing it without any of our intervention. But now we realize there's a lot of money here. So here we come. Yeah. Cause and I get like things need to be paid for, like the debt from the Revolutionary War. But yeah. But also. Don't start a country if you're not prepared for that. Yeah, get some funding. Like, let's yeah. go back to a monarchy, you know? Like, people that just have money that want to fund things. Yeah. Maybe that's where we... After the violent revolution comes, maybe that's where we'll end back up. Get some czars. We'll have a new yeah. age Rasputin. I feel like somebody's already trying to do that, so... Mm. I'd, Several people, perhaps. Yeah. All fucking worked up on ivermectin. Yeah, all Cheeto-faced <laughs> and ready to go. <laughs> Oh, goodness. We're getting political, baby. Political hot takes. We're taking jabs. Can't stand the heat. Get out of the kitchen. Oh, yeah, baby. Tax, fax that ass. That's what do I say? Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, like a lot of this is it's a lot of ways of uh, how governments have ruined it. But uh, a lot of you kind of only expect whiskey to be Canadian, Scotch, Irish, bourbon, Tennessee, like a few of them. But I came across there's whiskey brands in Australia, um, Finland. Yeah, Finland, Georgia, Germany, India, Mexico, Japan. Oh yeah, Sweden, Taiwan. I don't. Uh, I haven't really fucked with Japanese whiskey, but it's like so, so, like that. Uh, what's the Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson movie? Oh yeah, Lost in Translation. Yeah, like Suntory times. I I didn't realize that's a real brand. I don't think I did either. I I've always just known Japanese whiskey is crazy expensive and no one drinks it. Like. Yeah, but and it, I think that's like a kind of a, um, uh, a nationalist kind of thing, where because it, it's like if I'm gonna order whiskey, it's probably gonna be Canadian or like I, I'll do American first, yeah. and then Canadian. I'll do Scotch, like, but that's also I'm just easily influenced. And Ron Swanson said Lagavulin, so yeah, I, I've I've tried Scotch. But I think I don't have the patience to wait for the ice to melt and that whole thing oh, because yeah. I'm like, this tastes like dirty socks. Like, <laughs> I no. uh, if if I have to like scotch, I like scotch because it does make me have to wait. Like, because yeah, it is it harsh. Yeah. So it's like you do have to like hang out, drink, you know, slowly sip. It's like a camp. It's like a fireplace cocktail. Yeah, and that's how I've noticed like my drinking with like the nicer bourbons now is like i can only do like one and be like all right let's just pump the brakes here because you have another one your whole day is shot tomorrow it's also a price thing because it's like you do the math and you're like well this glass was probably 10 to 12 dollars i i i use my benchmark of scotch uh is when you bought that glass of scotch at the oh, place yeah. in laguna that was like $35 a glass. But it was on sale when I well, bought it. Well, that's true. That That is true. Because it, like it was a $35 glass, and I got it for like, whatever, 14 or half. It was. Oh, okay. I thought it was 35 and it was it was discounted from something else. But I'm like, that's insane. Know, maybe it was. I, it might would have been one my fancy night when I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. We're going to live forever. I think that was mostly at the point of my life when I had like $8 in my bank account. And I'm like, wow. All right. I wish. All right, go for it. Yeah, I'm. All right, dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy Mr. your th- Mr. Money Pants over here yeah, floating his status. Mr. Making thirty-two grand a year, gonna spend one <laughs> percent on a drink. <laughs> Mr. Buddy Boy taking uh, his cost of living adjustment and just throwing it at some scotch. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you gotta live it up. Oh man, uh, Bill and I really did live it up <laughs> in Austin the one night. We were just like. Cards down. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Ain't no rules in Texas, Dude, baby. It was awesome. It it was like it was one of the best meals of my life. I but we we didn't do scotch we or whiskey. We just did a wine and with our like steaks. Yeah, I feel like uh, my garbage palate. I don't have the ability to kind of call out the difference in great wine. Oh, me either. So I'm like, just give me whatever is the cheapest because. Dude, grocery outlet is so sick. And expect like uh, this. Here's a here's a life hack. Get the Vivino app, where you can take a picture of a wine uh, label, and it will tell you like the average rating, like by experts and by people, oh, and shit. the average sale price. Because grocery outlet, dude, I don't really buy a bottle of water or bottle of wine over like. Four ninety nine, five ninety nine. Yeah, but like you get like, I'm good. a Trader Joe's La Finca man. Two dollars a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> but like they're giving this shit away. I'm gonna drink it. Yeah, but like you hit the app and you're like, well, this is a a five star wine and it's six dollars. Or even if you want to really splurge, you get a twelve dollar bottle and it. You know. Yeah. Like I, when my parent, when we did that road trip with my parents, I brought. Like three or four bottles from grocery grocery outlet. I spent probably twenty three dollars total, and my dad was like, "You really know your wine." I'm like, "I really don't." <laughs> I got this app that uh, tells I, me everything I need to. Know. I I check the cheap ones. I make sure that they're at least a three and a half to four, and then I buy it, and yeah. then hopefully it's good. 
Grocery outlet sounds like some kind of Canadian version of a U.S. store. Yeah, which is, I think, the fact that it says outlet in it, like, rich people are like, I'm not going there. And I'm like, I love, like, I've gotten, dude, the the grocery outlet, a new bargain market is our new uh, grocery outlet bargain market is our new sponsor. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I've ever (laughs) heard of grocery outlet bargain, bargain market. Really? Yeah. Dude, they're great. I'll have to check them out. I'm not even fucking around. Like, it's it's a game changer. Because it's the same shit you're going to get at Ralph's or wherever else, but it's like, doll- like, I literally bought a thing of Beyond Burgers, and Beyond Burgers are like 2 to $3 a patty, and I got like, it was buck a patty. So Damn. it was like literally half off. And it was, I think the only difference was the packaging, because it didn't have that stupid fucking, hey, look, it's like a real beef patty packaging. Yeah. And just fucking... They do that all the time, and it's just... This is all... Uh, we either throw away the packaging, because this is slightly expired, but go for it. I mean... I, I, the, the, I mean, I, bought, I even bought a b- bag of kale there for, like, half the cost is what it was at Ralph's, and it's, like, it was all chopped up, and, like, it was three times the amount as one bunch of kale from Ralph's for half the cost. I was like... Yeah. Granted... A third of it went bad. <laughs> I can't. Get I mean, it. I, I'm to the point now where I'm willing to go to different places for different things. So, oh yeah, I, like that was a big pain point of like, oh, fuck, I'm not gonna go all the way over there, which is a half a mile away. Yeah, it it is annoying to like go to different stores to get different things, but like I always um, think about that, and then I think about back home where there is two grocery stores. Yeah. And anything else you have to drive like four hours to get to, but yeah, I've, if you, I mean, dude, it's just so fucking annoying paying or making your own food for like one person and like buying the groceries, especially if you're doing like a specific, like if you can just like hone it in to be like, all right, I'm going to buy one bell pepper, one onion. Then you end up with like four things of Dijon mustard in your fridge for four years. Yeah. Or you like I don't know why I still have a Costco membership aside from like shelf stable stuff like I buy quinoa and toilet paper and like soaps and stuff that I'm like all right well I'll just have it it's cheaper and then I don't have to fucking worry about it but like I do get suckered into buying like a bag of spinach or something and then it's just like a race against time yeah it's like all right well apparently I got to have a fucking dinner party so I can make 18 people salads that's why I just went straight like I was doing that a lot and I was like I just need to get a blender so at a certain point I can just throw this all in here and just be like, well, I, it, I don't know if it's bad, but I can't taste it, so don't worry <laughs> about it. Just throw enough ginger and cayenne on there and you won't even just gag it down. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, that's kind of what this whole thing is about is investments. And we're all just talking about investments in, uh, you know, whiskey and tax collecting. And, like, that's what we're all about now is just – yeah, we're about getting our money right. Drunken numbers with uh, Christian and Sean. <laughs> That's us, baby. Speaking of investments, why not invest in your beverage coldness by buying a new parking lot drunk koozie? Available in two colors. One for $6, two for 10 Two for 10 comes with a free sticker. Stickers are a dollar on there. Make your friends feel bad because they don't know about us yet. That's yeah. Shame your friends. Get on the floor level of this investment and be like, hey... Uh, this is what I'm about. Oh, you haven't heard about this? No. The flag to wave in 2020 win is shaming your friends for things that yeah. they're not doing. That'll be your 2020 win. So shame them for not listening to Parking Lot Drunk. Uh, we we took a little stab at the whiskey history. We we got a little into it. There's a lot more. It's still evolving. Yeah. We're going to keep ourselves open to um, delving into it but i think we can go it out of limb and say i think we covered everything with perfect clarity and just nailed it yeah no, uh, another knock it out of the park fact home run for checked us. perfectly executed the arc of this narrative has been just so on point just crushed it again and that's why you come back to back that's why you keep coming back to parking lot drunk yep. for these insane insights amazing facts that you're not going to get from a simple tertiary uh google search yeah and these hot takes baby we got all of them yeah we got we're all personality that's like we're looks and personality that's why you come back 
But uh, yeah, I think that you think we feeling good about. I think that's another one uh, in the history books. I think we crushed it. All right. Well, let's go get drunk on whiskey and yes, put you in an Uber home. Yes. <laughs> well, that sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I've been Christian Senrud. I've been Sean Burke. Cheers until next time. Cheers.